Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. We are still in a series, which is a tremendous series, talking about red-letter words, words of Jesus. We could spend our whole life in this. Let's just be real, you know, talking about what Jesus said. In fact, no matter what our series is, it's something we should always come back and look at and get a perspective of is how did Jesus see, you know? How did Jesus see this? You know, it answers many questions. It, you know, it settles many storms just to find out and get a grasp on how did Jesus view this? You know, this is how I should live my life. This is how I should see my life, you know, the way Jesus did. Now, Dana was kidding me this morning. She said this is number 14 on, on red letter, and she said it's number three on dirt. So we have a series within a series, but anyway, we don't, who cares? Whatever, we're going with it. And she's, she, I love, she, she teases me. Because how many know that I tease her? <laughs> she puts up with a lot, <laughs> but she's good. All right. So Matthew four thirteen. you know, we, we, we saw this, that Jesus was talking about a parable that he had just told the disciples about sowing seed, about planting seed and, and reaping harvests, and about the different kinds of soil that it went into, or the dirt. <clears throat> and he said to them, he says, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand any parable? So by reading that verse, it, it causes me to say, wow, there's something important about this parable. So let's spend three Sundays talking about it. That's what I say. And, and uh, so, you know, this parable is really about the seed and it's about the different types of soil. This parable is about a timeline between the time you plant the seed and the time you experience a harvest, okay? You know, uh, how many like the harvest time? You know, the harvest time is, is, is work, but it's probably even better than the planting time. And, and uh, the last thing here, I'll just say this, that uh, really this, this, uh, this time in between when the seed is planted and the harvest is realized, this time in between could be called this. It could be called the fight of faith. You know, over in Timothy, the apostle uh, Paul writing there, he said to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. You see, you and I, really, it's the only fight we are engaged in as believers. It's the fight of faith. And so, what Jesus is talking about here, you know, is this time in between the planting and the harvest, and it could be called the fight of faith, okay? And it's the fight to keep your seed in the ground. It's the fight to, to keep it there and, and, and let it do its work so that, that we can realize this harvest. Now, just one more thing. There's always one more thing. But uh, this fight of faith is primarily fought between your ears, okay? That's where the fight of faith is fought, between your ears in the way you think. How you think makes a big difference on what you're going to realize in your harvest, okay? All right? So, so thinking, you know, is very important, you know. Uh, the Bible is all over it from the Old Testament to the New talks to us about, you know, our thoughts. You know, let me go here. Don't get under condemnation if you've had stupid thoughts, okay? What are stupid thoughts? Well, you could say this, that a stupid thought would be anything 
that does not line up with what the Bible says about you, okay? And, and don't get upset if you've had a stupid thought because everybody gets stupid thoughts. You know, you could be sitting right here in church and have stupid thoughts, okay? The thing is, is, is just having that thought isn't the thing. It's keeping that thought. It's letting that thought just, just have its way on the inside of your, between your ears, okay? It's, it's letting it take all your attention. That's where the danger is. Because everybody gets stupid thoughts, but you don't have to let them stay there. You don't have to let them camp, camp out. You don't have to let them come in the front door, sit in the front room, sit on the lazy boy, put their feet up, and ask you for a lemonade. <clears throat> okay? You'd go, you, can, you can shut the door and say, no, I'm not going to have that thought. You can take charge of what you're thinking. And, you know, you, you can do this. Is you can turn your mind to thinking about what God says. Okay? In every situation, that's a good thing. Quickly. There's wayside dirt. Basically, Jesus said there's wayside dirt, which is surface dirt. There's stony dirt. You know, there's, there's dirt that, that uh, you know, the seed doesn't get very far beyond the surface. It gets caught up in the stones. You know, it gets taken down by persecutions and tribulations and things. What it is is it gets taken down by distractions, things that keep our, our eyes off the word. Um, praise the Lord. In, in James 1.6, it says this. James was, was uh, I love James. And James said this. He said, uh, if anyone's going to ask something, let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Uh, let that not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So again, the battle is in our, in our minds, in the way we think. And James said a double-minded man would be unstable and will not receive the harvest that he wants to get. A double-minded man is, is in the, the Greek, you know, which is where the Bible was interpreted from, the, the Bible we read. Uh, the word actually meant to have two different minds. And how does that work? Well, it's like this. You're in church and you're sitting there going, amen, hallelujah, yeah. And then you walk out of the doors and you go, oh my, woe is me. Look at what I'm facing today. That's having two minds. And having two minds will not be productive. It'll, it'll not be the kind of soil that the seed needs to really bring forth the big harvest, okay? All right. We, are we all there? I, I want to go right into talking about some good dirt here, okay? Because if I don't, this will be a four-part series within a 15-part series. Anyway, so... Good dirt. That's what we really want to be, right? Jesus said, said uh, you know, these are they that are sown on good ground who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So the seed, you know, is, is the incorruptible seed. The seed is going to work. It is going to work. Seed will work. And you, we've said this, you choose which kind of dirt you're going to be. You know, nobody's stuck their lot in life being, well, I'm just wayside dirt. Or I'm just thorny dirt. I can never get much of a harvest. You choose the kind of dirt you're going to be. Now, as I was sitting there in worship this morning, the Lord was just telling me this. He says, you know, I've got some other things I'm going to say here about being good dirt. But, but he said, this is one of the biggest things you can do to be good dirt. Anybody want to hear? 
he said this to me. He said, he said, he says, keep your mind more on Jesus, more on his word than you do on whatever it is you're struggling with. Make him bigger than your problem, okay? uh, uh, In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, he said this, the, the, the writer said this, he said, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them, their health to all their flesh. This, could, this is the same kind of thing Jesus was talking about when he said, you know, there's, there's this, this parable I'm telling you guys, and you've got to understand this one if you're going to understand any of them. Here in Proverbs, it says the same kind of thing. It says, guys, listen, keep your attention on the word. There's a scripture in the Psalms, and I, I, I didn't write it in my notes, and, and, and I'd be guessing if I tried to tell you where it is, but it's like in the 30s somewhere, and, and it says this. It says, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I know somebody's Googling it right now, and they probably know the scripture. Isn't Google wonderful? But, uh, but you know, that's the same principle here. Magnify the Lord with me. What does that mean? It means make him bigger in your thinking. Well, God doesn't get any bigger, but how you think about him can change. How you think about him can can make him have more influence in your life. How you think about God in any situation can cause you to be good dirt. Okay? So, you know, what what would be an example of this, you know? I'm just going to talk about pain. Because pain is something everybody has had. You know, everybody's had sickness. We'll We'll make this up. I'm making it up as I go, like I do every week. Um... We'll talk about the flu, okay? Somebody's got the flu, okay? But Jesus said, you know, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. But my body's saying, you know, sniffle, cough, I've got the flu, all right? How does this work in in this scenario? Well, what it means is you've got to spend enough time with God. It doesn't mean you go memorize 15 different scriptures. I'm not against Bible memory. I think it's great. I think it creates grooves in your mind that are good, okay? I'm just being real. I'm telling, trying to tell you the truth here about what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is having connection, having relationship with God. Spending enough time with God to where he's more real than sniffle, sniffle, cough, cough, there's the flu. It won't come by watching drug commercials on TV. You know the part where they talk really quick? Mute that stuff. Mute that stuff. But spending time with the Lord and even talking to Him about what He said about you and and having connection with Him to the point where that's more real than something else that's nagging at you is going to cause you to step over into a realm of power. It's going to cause you to step over into the place of harvest. Okay? So making him bigger than whatever it is you're facing. Give your attention, what Proverbs says, to the word. Keep it before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Their life to those that find them. Health to all their flesh. You know this, I've said this, footnote of most study Bibles, interpret the word uh, 
life to all their flesh. They interpret it as medicine to all your flesh. Okay, so this writer of the Proverbs said this. He says that doing what I'm telling you here, keeping Jesus bigger, keeping the word bigger, keeping your connection with him bigger than whatever you're facing is medicine to all your flesh. Can you say all? That's such a big word, isn't it? All, all your flesh. I mean, how many things can go wrong with flesh? I don't know, but there's quite a few. But I know this. It says that, that your connection with him will surpass all, all those things. Medicine for all your flesh. And, of course, you know, we know this. Medicine is only good when you take it as prescribed. Okay? It's only good as taken, as prescribed. So, you know, if, if maybe there's, you know, they got things out there that'll kill pain, you know? And maybe you've got some pain and you took some natural medicine and you, you got it from the pharmacist and, and, you know, you gave them your card, they gave them the medicine and you took it home and it's, there's, you know, it, it, the, the, the directions say take two uh, capsules with meals, you know, every six hours. And you say, well, boy, they, they look really like good pills. You say, well, I think I'm just, you know, the pain is in my head. I'm going to bypass this going down the throat and into the stomach thing. I'm going to just take them and just rub them right on my head. There it is, right on the spot. That ought to do it. There goes the big cane. Pulled him off the gong show. No. Anyway, nobody saw the gong show that's under. Anyway. <laughs> but in any case. Medicine, even though it's good, only works when you take it according to directions. Keep your connection with God. Keep him bigger than any problem you're facing. Just going to give you a couple things that, that are jotted down that I've seen over the years about, about being good dirt. So here's another one. Hunger for God. Hunger for God. Kind of goes in line with it. Be hungry for him. You know, desire him. One time, I remember Dana and I were driving home from church, man, probably 25 years ago. I know, it's hard to believe. But I remember we, we looked at each other and he said, we said, wow, we're just, I think the preacher that night had been talking about being hungry for God. And we said, I don't know if we're really that hungry for God right now. We were just kind of fried. We were kind of burned out. We've been too much due. You ever have that happen? You can, you can have too much do even when you're doing ministry, you know? Ministry is not spending time with God. I mean, it is, but I'm talking about spending time with him, you know, where you, it's just you and him, and you're taking in. You're taking in. You're getting filled up. And we were just kind of fried, and, and we just did this. We just said, well, Lord... We're just, it always pays to just be real with God. And don't try to be something you're not, even when you know you should be. I mean, when you're talking to him, you know, just be real, because he knows you anyway. And so we just said, Lord, we're really not that hungry for you right now. That almost sounds insulting, doesn't it? But we weren't trying to insult God. We were just telling him the truth. And we just said, Lord, will you help us just increase our hunger for you? And there was a marked difference. I remember that, you know, it wasn't a pray once and we're done for life. But I remember that season of our life, it did change. And, and uh, we, we, 
we had we, we got our motives right and we got things in order and it feels you know you know it's like cleaning your closet you get it all clean isn't it a good feeling when your your closet or your house is clean but did you ever notice you have to do it again I mean I just want to take a picture of it here it is now boom anyway it's good getting something new but even new things need fixing even new things need maintenance all right, so hunger for God. Then th this is another thing about being good dirt. Realize this, that once the seed is sown, seed needs to be watered, okay? It, there's a difference between just sowing seed or planting seed and watering, okay? And, and, and I know I've done this, you know, usually every spring I have to go uh, plant grass in the yard, not so much now when we don't have a, a full-time dog at our, at our residence, but, uh, you know, when we had a full-time dog there, there was always spots we noticed in the spring that needed to be dug up, raked up, and reseeded. And, and, you know, what I've noticed is that you plant that seed, you've got to water it. It's insane how much water those seeds take, you know? It just seems like I'm just flooding them out. I've got to water them every day. You've got a couple times, you know, and, just, and if you do that, then they grow. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul writing, he said this, he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but it's God who gives the increase. So he said, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So how does it work? You know, I know what it looks like in the natural, how you can plant a seed and water it, and then it, you know, it grows and we give God thanks for the increase there, but how does this work when you come to planting the, the word in your heart? How does this come with my relationship with God? How does it come in seeing a spiritual harvest? Well, what Paul said, he said he planted and Apollos watered. What did he actually do? Paul went out and he preached the word. And when he preached the word, he was preaching to people that had never heard it before. And so when he was preaching the word to those people, what he was doing is planting the seed. Now, this guy, Apollos, was a minister of the gospel as well. And he came along to these same people that Paul had preached to, who heard the gospel from Paul, and he preached the same thing to him. He preached the word again to them, but this time, instead of it being planting seed, it was like watering seed. So, so you can't have this attitude. You can't have this attitude. Yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. I don't need to hear that again. I've already heard that. You see, because the first time you hear something, it's seed being planted. But when you hear the gospel presented again, and, and you know, it could be the same thing, it's watering the first seed that was planted. And when you plant seed and you water it, God brings increase. Talking about being good dirt, okay? Being good dirt. Um. Hungering for God. Hunger just draws the power of God. Hunger just draws his presence into, into the atmosphere. And, you know, I always love the, the story of Cornelius, you know, who was an Italian guy. You know, those Italians, they got some stuff going. And, and he, he was a good man. He got heaven's attention. And it says that, that, that he had a visitation from heaven. And, and, and at the, you know, the same scenario happened. Uh, Peter had a vision of Jesus. And, and Peter was told to go speak words in Cornelius' house. And when Peter walked into the house, Cornelius was expecting him. And, and, and he had gotten his friends and his family together, and they were sitting there eager. 
They probably watched Peter with, with, with big eyes, like, what's he going to say? And, and they, they were so hungry and so eager to hear what Peter said. It said that right in the middle of Peter's sermon, it says that the Holy Ghost fell on all of them, and they all got baptized in the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues right there in, in, in the middle of Peter's message. And I'd say, well, hey, man, let the guy finish his message. But no, you see, your hunger for God draws power from him your hunger for God who cares let's be real who cares if a message gets preached all the way who cares if we have to have three parts to the 15 part series in the middle of it all who cares we just want God we want God to show up and hunger for him will draw his power in your life talking about being good seed you know uh I'd say this too, stay, stay teachable, stay teachable. James 1.21, James 1.21 says this, it says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and here's the part, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now again, James, in this context of this scripture, James is talking to the church, He's talking to believers. And isn't it interesting that he says to believers, you need to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Isn't that something? You see, because believers need their soul saved. Your heart is saved. Your, your spirit's saved. You're born again. The, the, the person on the inside of you is a new creature, but you still got soul issues you need to do with. And James says this is the way you can do this, is, is receive with meekness this word that'll come in and be an anchor to you. It'll be a stabilizer to you. It'll cause you to be unshakable. It'll cause you to be good ground if you'll receive it with meekness, okay? Meekness is, is not weakness, okay? Sometimes in, in my generation, you heard the word meek you, you, because of a description they gave of Clark Kent before he was Superman. We all thought that that just meant being, being weak, you know, because they always said, Clark Kent, uh, well, how to go meek, mild-mannered reporter for the Daily Planet. But then he runs into the phone booth and he no longer is meek. Well, that's not really what meek is all about. Meek, the word meek, you know, just a simple definition means to be teachable. It means to be teachable. It means that you're not just a know-it-all. Boy, I'm on my TV shows today. Did you ever watch uh, uh, Cheers? Anybody ever watch Cheers? You know, that was, it, was, it was created around a bar. And Dan and I would watch it. We said, it's kind of like a church, except they're not given the word. They're serving alcohol. But they all got to know each other. And, 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 you know, they were friends, and they, they stood up, most times stood up for each other. When one guy walked in, they all said, Norm, because they were glad to see him. Is Norm here? I don't know. But anyway, there was a guy in Cheers that was, was his name was Cliff Clavin. And Cliff Clavin was, was, was this. He was a know-it-all. That guy had more trivial facts than anybody I ever saw. He knew, you know, uh, what whales ate, and, and he knew, you know, just crazy facts but he was a know-it-all and there's probably some good things about that but here's the thing when it comes to the word don't be a know-it-all don't think well yeah I've seen that I've done that uh, been there know the Greek know the Hebrew it's good to know the Greek and the Hebrew know the Holy Ghost know what the Spirit of God is telling you right now okay be be meek be teachable 
An illustration I've given over the years is, is like this. Meekness is like the doorstop on your will that lets things in you that you don't think you need. Okay? You got a will sometimes that keeps things out, like, and that's how it does it. It says, I don't need that. Bless God. I don't need that. I've heard that. I, I, I don't need to hear that again. Well, meekness is like a doorstop on the door of your will that lets things into you, into your soil, that you don't think you need. Just talking about being good dirt. So you can be, can be rocky dirt or you can be good dirt. Yours is the choice. But the harvest is directly attached to that. So meekness. So here, here's, here's probably one of the last things I'd just say this. Spend time with God fellowshipping with him around his word. Spend time with God fellowshipping with him around his word. Okay? Don't let the word just be this routine that you do. Well, well, I haven't done my devotions. Speed read. Do you any speed readers here? Well, I've done my devotions. I feel fortified. I'm ready for the day. No. Spend time with God around his word. You might not get past the first, you know, word. You might not get past the first syllable. The important thing is you're spending time with him. And you're letting him speak to you. Here's, here's what the, the psalmist said this. He said this in Psalm 39.3. And I think this is just such a, a, a vivid picture of spending time with God around his word. Uh, this is what it's like, he said. He said, uh, my heart was hot within me. And while I was musing, musing, you know, what is musing? Musing could be interpreted meditating. You know, we'll just say it for this illustration. While I was hanging out with God around his word, he says, the fire burned within me. And he says, then I spoke with my tongue. You see, when you're hanging out with him, with God, in fellowshipping with him around his word and allowing him to work in your heart, you know, just letting him say the things to you that he needs to say, there's some power going on. And something happens on the inside of you. And the psalmist said, it's like this. He says, man, it just got in me like a fire on the inside of me. I was hot, man. And, and man, I was like I was at this point where I just had to speak it with my mouth. See, that's a declaration of faith that changes things. That's a declaration of things, of faith that moves mountains. That's a declaration of faith that, that will blaze the trail in your life that you need to walk on, okay? Are you with me this morning? I'm going to end with this scripture in Galatians 6, 7. It says this, it says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. The Message Bible says it like this. He says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we'll, we'll harvest a good crop if we don't give up and we don't quit. I'm just declaring that, that you know, we're going to be good ground here at Liberty. You know, we're going to be good dirt. You know, are we perfect? No, it isn't about being perfect, but it's about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus it's about letting him speak things to our hearts, sometimes that I don't even want to hear, but letting him speak to us anyway and show us things that we need, okay? And, and you know, it's not about building a religion. It's not about memorizing. It's not about all those things. It's about having connection, having connection. 
and making that the most important thing in our life. And anything that tries to break that connection, man, back off. I'm staying connected with Jesus and what he says to me. All right. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.